With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, we are back. It is Taped on Live, favorite is podcast, favorite is channel, favorite is everything. We are back. You guys already know what to do. Hit the subscribe button. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hit the like button if you like it. Hit the dislike button if you don't like it. Leave a comment if you like it. Leave a comment if you don't like it. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Mark John NFL for me at BD Williams 18 for BD. All right. So uh today, though, we got a special guest. Uh, you know, since we're you know checking out the Steelers, you got a Steelers coming up, Christmas Eve matchup. Got my man Derek Bell from si.com Steelers. Check him out at Steelers underscore DB. Also, you know, just check it out for DB because he's very good at breaking down corners and all draft stuff. So make sure you follow him there with draft season coming up. You know, that's you know, no matter what happens for this game for both our teams, we're like just looking six and eight. We're still kind of looking at the draft. I've been watching the draft all week. You know, I've been I know I'm supposed to be like Oh, they can make the playoffs, but you know, I'm, the, the draft is in my eye. It's it's yeah. it's there. So I'm sure Derek, you feel the same way. So <laughs> yeah, that optimism, that optimism's quickly fading. So I, I'm the same way, man. I'm on the podcast every week. I'm sitting there trying to you know be as optimistic as possible, but in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, let's go watch some corners. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. Well, you know, let's go watch some uh, some guards and some stuff, and uh, make sure I'm on top of that, just in case you know they when they do lose a game and it's over. So. Uh, but I'm happy to have you here, man. So you can talk about some Steelers and uh, kind of go over what, you know, so fans can kind of get an idea of what they're going to see directly from somebody who like watches, you know, just as much film as we do on the Raiders. You watch just as much on the Steelers. So definitely have a good idea of what's going on over there. So, you know, let's just start. Let's, let's get it started off, man. Actually, I mean, give us a little bit of background about yourself, man, uh, before we get started. Yeah, so I've been with All Steelers since the beginning of last year. Before that, um, I was kind of blogging and mainly just doing draft stuff for Steel City Blitz. Um, shout out to my guy, Mark. Um, but yeah, I uh, joined last year. Our site's kind of taken off. We're part of the Fan Nation SI group. Um, you know, we, we routinely finish in the top five. Even they have like 140 different teams on that yeah. kind of network. But we routinely finish in the top five. And that's something that, you know, I take a lot of pride in. Noah, our beat writer, he does a fantastic job. Uh, Steven um, does a fantastic job. So they, they do the brunt uh, of the work for sure. And I just really help out with, you know, film room type stuff. More um, X's and O's breakdowns like for you guys that are fans of this channel. Um, that's kind of more of like my avenue that I kind of help out with, with the site. And, you know, you guys are really lucky um, to have, you know, Marcus and BD breaking stuff down for you guys. Cause every team does not have this type of stuff. I mean, and there's even traditional media outlets that I've talked to in the past that are really resistant to this type of content still in 2022. So yeah, it's kind of wild to me, but, um, but yeah, just, I, I love w watching ball. Love try I learn stuff from these guys all the time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's when we come here, 
give people the truth for the film. You know, not everybody's going to like it. You know, you're always not going to make best friends with uh, the teams when you're out here breaking down and learning their plays. Right. And, you know, they, they're super secretive. They think they're somebody's going to give the wizard, give away the wizardry that Josh McDaniels comes up with because I put his concept up there. Like somebody's going to figure it out. Like you haven't been running the same thing for years. So like, <laughs> you know, so I, I will say one thing. I will say one thing about McDaniels. Uh, I haven't got the chance to watch as much film this week because of my work schedule, but um just a funny McDaniels story. Um, I once watched Josh McDaniels, I think, call Haswa Juke on the Steelers, I think, 11 times in the same game. <laughs> so, I mean, not not saying that uh, Josh, Josh has some good qualities about him, certainly as a play caller, but he's one of those guys that I've always um, kind of known as, you know, if he finds something that he thinks that he can exploit, there is not an expiration date on what he, how many times he's going to use it. Um, no. They in the twenty, I think it was in the twenty sixteen AFC Championship game. The Steelers back in the day were a really, really cover three heavy yeah. team, mm-hmm. zone heavy defense, and you know he just spammed Hoswa Juke. I mean, they they threw to the running backs in the flat. I I bet at least six, seven times. I mean, yeah. we had no answer at all, and I'm just sitting there in my house, you know. As like a 22, 23 year old, just wanting to punch a hole through a wall just because I was so tired of seeing the same play destroy us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joshua Daniels does that, man. Cause yeah. there, I mean, there's so many with, with the with the way the system is, I mean, there's so many there's options on different plays. And there's really no like one, two, three, four progression read. It's it's mm-hmm. more, you know, what the defense, you're supposed to read it through throughout the defense. So like sometimes when the Raiders are in their their you know, two minute drill, they'll run the same play and Derek Carr will throw it a different guy and mm-hmm. the same exact concept, but based on how they adjust to it, maybe I'll throw a fade to Adams and then I'll come back and I'll throw it up the middle of the Moreau. And then I, maybe I'll hit the check down all the same play, but yeah. it's, you know, that's how the offense is. So it's, that's the cool thing I like about it. The only thing I don't like about, about it. And, you know, I'm not gonna get into Josh McDaniel's complaint is that I see like Brian DeBall and like all these other guys running the cooler version of it. And I'm just like, yeah. It's like I'm like the guy in the SpongeBob meme, just watching Brian DeBall run like a cooler version of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I was I was going through. Uh, I was just looking at some numbers last night while I had some downtime at work, and yeah, I was just thinking about my um, my guy Hunter Renfro coming back in the lineup, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, please, I hope they don't put him on these juke routes over the middle of the field. <laughs> like I can, I'll I'll be having Wes Welker flashbacks, Julian Edel- Edelman flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right, man. So uh, let's get into the uh, offense a little bit. We got uh, Kenny Pickett, of course. I mean, he's been announced he's going to start again, uh, coming off a little bit of his uh, injury, I guess, concussion, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the second second one in a matter of um, like six, seven weeks. So a little scary on that on that part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, give your opening thoughts on him. I, I know that you've, uh, you know, we talked about him, just some kind of like, you know, some mechanical stuff and some some reading the field stuff just on the side. So give your thoughts on Kenny Pickett and, you know, uh, his outlook so far this year. Yeah, I mean, things got off to a little bit of a bumpy start. You know, they, they played a lot of really tough defenses, you know, Buffalo, Philadelphia, teams that gave them a lot of problems and, you know, just teams that the Steelers weren't ready to compete with. And that showed, you know, with Pickett. Uh, he had kind of a nightmarish game against Philly where everything just kind of fell apart for him, you know, didn't see the field. Well, wasn't accurate, um, you know, really missed a lot of easy throws. And then they headed into the bye week 
Luckily, that was kind of a get right moment for the Steelers offense. What they've done is they tried to simplify things even more for him um, and they found a running game. So instead of him throwing the ball, you know, 45, 50 times like he was before the bye and just putting a lot on his shoulders, they've kind of reduced his exposure to defenses, which has helped. Um, and since then, he's played better, too. And just it's kind of like one of those things with rookies, like you can you can only put so much on their plate before, you know, their head just kind of explodes. And um, he's took it better care of the football. You know, he hasn't thrown an interception since the bye. So that's mm-hmm. really in, intriguing for me. Three, four straight games without a pick. Um, Pickett's a really good athlete, and that's a lot of what he's relying on right now. He will scramble, even though he does bail unnecessarily out of pockets. Um, he will scramble for first for first downs. He's tough. He'll take a hit. Um, he's relatively accurate, you know, really throwing to all levels of the field. They The one issue um, that really he's had is access in the intermediate part of the field. Like we've talked about um, just kind of in DMs and just sidebar conversations. But mm. that um, that level of anticipation that you need to throw with, especially at this level without an elite arm, um, it's not quite there yet. You just kind of hope that, you know, with more experience and more uh, time playing the position that it gets there. But so far, you know, I'm it's about what I expected coming in. You know, the numbers obviously look worse than you'd hope for. But I just think mm-hmm. the level of play, especially over the past four weeks or so before he got hurt, it's about what I've expected um, from Pickett just as a rookie. So so so. Uh, I'm just going to give you some some a question here. Mm-hmm. So you see him like two years from now. Do you see him as like a top 20 quarterback or kind of like at least around there, like Daniel Jones, like at the bottom type of th- type of like yeah. his floor kind of? I, I think for me, and I've tried to explain this with, um, you know, Steeler fans are always asking me like, you know, top 10 quarterbacks, top 10. Like I, I know me and you kind of have pretty similar feelings about this too, but um there's really the three types of quarterbacks in my opinion you got quarterbacks that you win because of and those Mm. are you know your top six maybe eight guys in the league the elite guys that will always elevate those around them regardless of situation or circumstances Mm. you have your win with guys and that's usually the next you know 15 to 20 guys that you can as long as the team is constructed well around them you'll get various levels of play it could be you know baseline starter play it could be really high level starter play um you know, Tua is a good example of that, in my opinion, this year. You know, I've always thought that Tua was a guy that you can win with because he has traits that you can build around, that anticipation, the eye manipulation, mm-hmm. things like that, and just yeah. the overall accuracy. But I've never thought that, you know, he was going to be a guy to uplift those around him. But if you put him in a good situation, he's going to do well. Um, yeah. And then you've got your guys that you win in spite of. And those are typically your spot starters, your struggling young guys that probably aren't going to figure it out or your just backup quarterbacks filling in for that week. Yeah, I think that Pickett has a very good chance. Like maybe as soon as late next year, early year three of being in that second category. One of the reasons I wasn't as big of a fan of the draft pick in general, just because I did think that there was a limited um, ceiling and I'm not sure that it's worth completely waiting around for. Um, in terms of because I didn't think that he was as pro ready as some people thought. And then I just question if we get to year three, I think he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback. I just don't know if is that going to be enough? You know, yeah. is it going to be enough in an AFC North where you've got to contend with, you know, Lamar Jackson, assuming he's still there. MVP Joe level Burrow. quarterback Joe Burrow right now is playing at an MVP level. And then we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. He gets back in his groove or whatever with Cleveland it's just really tough to um, figure out a way to consistently compete with him unless you're going to be elite, you know, surrounding him. And I just think it's difficult. Um, I've always been a guy that, 
you know, quarterback's most important position, uh, you know, in sports. So yeah. that's the guy that you kind of want to bet on the higher upside of things. But we'll see. I mean, um, there are certain things to like. Like you said, he, he's tough as nails. He fits, you know, Pittsburgh, in my opinion. I like the mobility. Um, I think he's shown some improvements in terms of pocket navigation relatively accurate you know he has great like intangible you know leadership marks from you know college leading up to this year um, so there's things to like I just think that the physical trait aspect of it you know it's it's lacking in my opinion for a mm-hmm. starter level quarterback that you're looking yeah for. yeah he's he doesn't have, he doesn't have that, that arm for it in my yeah. opinion and he's he, he's late so you're late and don't have a big arm yeah yeah it, yeah and the thing is too like it's actually funny because um my my comp for Pickett coming out of uh, college was actually Derek Carr with a weaker arm. Yeah. <laughs> when I watch, I remembered watching Carr. It's, it's crazy how everything comes full circle. So yeah. 2014 was Carr's rookie year, right? Yeah. So 2014 was really the second year that I got really big into the NFL draft in terms of like putting my thoughts out on Twitter. I wasn't writing yeah. anywhere, just putting them out. But I liked Carr. I loved Devontae Adams. I get I had Devontae Adams like one of the best players in the draft. And he's he will always be one of the biggest hits for me ever. But Carr, I remember like when I was watching him at Fresno, um, he could do all these different things on out of the pocket and like, you know, make make magic happen at times. Um, but I hated the way that he managed the pocket, even yeah. back then, like he would constantly like bail out um and just things like that and it's so funny because i see a lot of that with Pickett. it's just hard to make a living like that in the league if you don't have a big arm um those throws out of structure you know in college compared to the league i think that those windows are even tighter than than necessarily windows that you see in the pocket like everybody always talks about the game moves faster the windows are tighter in the pocket like out of structure dbs at this level they know how to plaster when quarterbacks break contain in college, I always just see so much confusion anytime a quarterback gets out of the pocket, you know, at, yeah. to break the structure of the play. So it's just tough to make a living like that. And I think that Pickett's kind of found that out. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's growing pains like with rookies. And that's just what I've tried to keep everybody um, even killed with, which is tough. You know, sometimes with a fan base and quarterbacks, I mean, you know all about that. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because uh, um, even with Derek Carr, you know, uh, if anybody listens to my quarterback podcast, I talk about this a lot with pocket presence, right? That, you know, Derek Carr's pocket presence has got better, but it's it's gotten to, like, solid. So it's still going to be some times it just, it just looks awful. But then it's just sometimes like, oh, good job, Derek. And so, so, so like, if he, if he had terrible pocket presence coming out of college. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And he could only get the solid like 
you're betting on a guy with bad pocket presence to be to get better to at least get to where Derek Carr mm-hmm. got to, yeah. which is asking a lot because I mean even based on Derek Carr played as a rookie, man, he wasn't even supposed to be this good to be honest. Right. So it, it's um it, it's a lot of it is is that growth of can they get there? Do they have the work ethic? But it's never going to be. Good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's a uh, it, it's 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 a weird you know the thing, and that's why I didn't like Zach Wilson. I was like, man, yeah, he he's a large car to the pocket uh but yeah pick it pick it his first instinct and you'll see him too uh there's no doubt that you'll see at least one play of this on sunday but you know his first instinct when he feels pressure um you know not necessarily a blitz or just feels pressure around him his first instinct is he will drop his eyes and bail out to the right because the funny thing is about Pickett, um what made him a um i think a likable prospect to a lot of people was how well he threw on the run. And that was something that I thought Carr did really well back in the day, uh, back at Fresno State. I thought he mm-hmm. threw really well on the run. But yeah. Pickett's accuracy actually goes up. Like, he made a really good play um, on a two-point conversion to George Pickens on Monday Night Football against the Colts, where you kind of saw that he kind of rolled out to his right and found Pickens in the back of the end zone. Pinpoint accuracy. When he's on the move, the ball is usually on the money. If it's he, he wants to go right, and then the ball will be on the money. It's just... There, there is never. There's only been a handful of times this season where I've seen him, you know, get pressured off the edge, and his first instinct be, "All right, I need to step up and then out or up yeah. to throw." It's always, you know, I'll drop your head, bail right, and like what I was. I remember us having the same conversation at the combine about. I don't know if it's about Pickett or someone else. Yeah, those edge rushers are so much more athletic. You know, you look at like the Max Crosby's and the T.J. Watts and guys like that, Alex Highsmith. They are so much more athletic than anything he saw in the ACC last year. Yeah, so. you know, you're just not going to outrun them. And he quickly found that out in preseason. There was a time where he tried to outrun Boye Mafe from the Seahawks, and I don't know if y'all have seen Boye Mafe run, but that dude <laughs> runs like a gazelle at like 260. So yeah. uh, Mafe ended up running him down and slamming him in the turf. And I was like, he's going to learn. He's going to yeah. learn. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's just playing the quarterback position. You got you got to learn. You got to take your lumps. Yeah, man, for sure. So, so let's let's talk about his uh his connection with the wide receivers. Like, what 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 are you what are you seeing there? Um, I know George Pickens is has a, a doing pretty good with the contested catches. Looks like a deep threat, but you know mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, he's been up and down a little bit with his hands, but he's always been a great route runner. So, uh, you know, talk about a little bit the receiving core. I mean, talk about fire move. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, Johnson is the most frustrating player in the world. Whoever you guys think is the most frustrating player on the Raiders. Um, Johnson is that for the Steelers. He does the best way I can describe him is he does all of the very complex things and makes them look easy. And then all of the easy things he makes look terribly difficult. Um, you know, he is one of the best route runners that I've ever seen and studied on a weekly basis. Um, excellent job attacking DB's blind spots, really good release package. Um, very calculated in his steps. His stems are always on point. He can get DBs turned around with ease um they're doing some interesting stuff they don't have a slot receiver right now so they're having to use him a little bit more in the slot where typically that's not been his home but they ran a lot of outbreaking routes with him last week out of the slot to pick up first downs and that was kind of their go-to in third down situations um but johnson you know really good route runner always been that guy that can create a ton of separation there's few in the nfl that can do it like him um it's just the hands and the random penalties they get it's just uh it's maddening stuff and then pickens um pickens has been he's played the chase claypool rule from last year where he's just runs a ton of go routes 
And he's just a lot better at it. Like, and the reason is because Claypool could never track the ball and he wasn't physical at the catch point. And Pickens can do that. Um, you know, Pickens is like number one in the NFL in contested catch rate. He has nine contested catches over 20 yards already. He's basically just dunking on DBs. Like if he's not open, you still should throw it because 50-50 balls turn into 90-10 balls with him. And he's just going to go up and, you know, high point the football and just dunk on dunk on guys regardless of who it is. So um, Marlon Humphrey, he he absolutely was cooking him two weeks ago. I mean, even Humphrey admitted it. He was like, yeah, I was getting cooked out there. So um, Friar has been really probably their best offensive weapon over the course of the season. Um, huge on third downs and honestly their best player after the catch, which is kind of odd to say about a tight end. But he's dealing with a foot injury. His snaps have been reduced over the past two weeks didn't look remotely healthy could barely move last week they tried to run him on like a stick and nod and it took him like four seconds to run the stick so uh, i don't know how much he's gonna play he didn't even get targeted last week he was kind of like a decoy i don't know what that means for this week if that ankle injury is gonna be better or worse but we'll just have to kind of see how that plays out okay okay yeah because uh you know i know uh you know pick pickens is you know a fan favorite for a lot of people and a lot of people in various yeah. fans they wanted george pickens they didn't like me because i i didn't have my top 10 my receivers but you know let's that's fine you know let, let him show yeah. me that i'm wrong but uh, <laughs> i i just i just didn't like his release like i always feel like if you can't get off the line it doesn't matter how big you are but he's obviously yeah. it doesn't matter he's it, if anybody's he's, around him he's gonna catch it so he's very he's very unique um in terms of i'm always a guy separation is king for me and that's why i've always like stuck up for fans when they you know bash deontay johnson just go like y'all don't understand like the reason he gets targets isn't because he's the number one guy it's because he's always open like it's always quarterbacks are always going to gravitate towards those guys that can just get separation get and we see that league wide, but like Pickens is really interesting because like he has moments where he can separate. He doesn't even run most of his routes full speed. If you actually watch the film, like there's a lot of like when he's knows he's not getting the football, he's kind of just jogging. And that's the same thing he did at Georgia. But, you know, when he really wants to turn up and like, especially when he feels engaged, this was a big thing at Georgia. It's a big thing this year when they can get him engaged early or when he gets fired up in a matchup it's on like he's very very competitive in those reps and um he's still got some work to do as a route runner you know georgia he ran three routes it was a slant a curl or a go and that's pretty much what he's running right now for the steelers they have started to run him more across the middle uh but the steelers just they're dead last in every category in the 11 to 20 yard range and anything over the middle you guys don't have to worry you will not see but maybe one pass thrown in between the hashes this week it will not happen it right. will not happen. <laughs> that's the, uh, the only the only way they'll do it is if the Raiders blitz. That's the only time the Steelers quarterbacks want to throw over the middle of the field is if there's blitz with man coverage behind it. And it's a very clear picture in the sight of the quarterback. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they will throw everything on the sideline. All right. Um, last thing before we get to the, the defense, which, you know, the Steelers defense, I mean, it's going to be cold. So we know there's going to be a lot of defensive played in this game. Uh, but there's also going to be a lot of running the football. And I know that's really what, you know, Najee Harris has been taking off and you know, just some, you know, the offensive line, you know, I'll have you talk about that a little bit. Cause you know, you watch some numbers and I'm, I'm tired of seeing offensive line numbers and grades. I'm tired of seeing uh, I've seen your rants on this and you're, you're I, so right. I, you're I'm so tired. right. It's done, done. I'm tired of seeing that stuff. Somebody's showing me something and I'm just watching something like telling me what I'm watching isn't, yeah. it is different than what it looks like. So talk about the offensive line and uh, you know, Najee Harris a little bit and, you know, how they're working in pass protection too, because we didn't get there. Yeah. So. Yeah. The offensive line, um, it's, 
I would say right now they're playing average ball for the majority of the season. I think you could classify it as below average. Um, okay. Definitely not where they need to be in either phase. But since the bye week, and I say this with the caveat that like they haven't played the best defensive fronts either. Um, but since the bye week, I think they've been pretty solid. Um, they've done a nice job running the ball. Coming into the Ravens game two weeks ago, they were averaging like 164 yards rushing a game. That was a big part and them winning three out of four games. Baltimore stopped them. Um, they ran the ball fine last week, not as efficient against the Panthers, but, um, you know, they, they're a very zone-heavy team. Um, split inside zone is their number one play. You guys will see it probably 12 to 15 times from various different alignments. They okay. love running it out of 12 personnel, even though they don't really have great um, tight end run blockers. Um, but Najee's played well. He had a he was playing early in the season with, um, like, a metal piece in his uh, cleat. And that was kind of limiting some of his explosive explosiveness. He started to slowly get that back, and he's played pretty good football since the bye. Um, probably never going to be overly dynamic in terms of you know what people typically expect for a first round back, but a solid back. And both of their running backs are good in pass pro. Najee had some slip ups early in the season, but over the course of his two years, he's been solid. And their third down back, which is Jalen Warren, really good in pass pro as well. Um, just the offensive line's playing better. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by it they need to still probably upgrade one to two positions in the offseason but yeah dan moore in particular who will be going against chandler jones he's he's had some good moments i know chandler's kind of picked it up over the past month or so from what i understand mm -hmm. um chooks is probably the matchup most raiders fans are going to be looking for their right tackle um chooks is really good about getting out of his stance he will leave early and you guys will notice that because i see opposing fan bases complain about him all the time <laughs> he will leave early but he's got really good feet to get out of his stance um but is susceptible to inside counters so oh, that does worry about because i know crosby he's a big two-hand swipe inside swim guy if i remember oh, yeah, correctly yeah. Uh -huh. so um, I am a little bit worried about that with Chooks because he's a little bit of an oversetter against guys that he think can beat him around the edge. So. That's what Max Crosby's thinking right now. Oh, he's a little bit of an oversetter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been on my it's been on my mind all week because I'm sitting there thinking like you know I just from my perspective watching live Raiders games I, I think that Crosby just looking at the numbers and what I've seen of him I think he's playing at you know defensive player of the year uh, level and I, I have a huge amount of respect for mm -hmm. how he plays the game. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely the guy that I think the Steelers need to prioritize in terms of chipping him, giving uh, Chooks some help. It helps with guys like him that don't really move around. He doesn't really move around, right? He's pretty much just stationary on that side. Yeah, 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 which which I don't like. I, I wish they yeah. would move him around. Steelers I, I would, the same thing. So. I wish they move him inside sometimes. I wish they'd have yeah. him rush. I mean, I think he's powerful enough at this point where he can – take on some guards and I, I don't think they would be able to hang with them. I think they should move them around more. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? They, they keep him on the right side and he dominates over there. And I think that's more about stopping the run because he's such a great run defender, but yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's a monster and he's definitely going to be ready for that overset. Yeah. He's probably going to set him up. He's going to, he's going to speed rush all yeah. first half. So yeah, I can, we'll I can, I can already see it. It's just spamming <laughs> double swipe, like side scissors, two hand swipes. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a, a quick, like three step drop sack on a inside swim move. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right in that first that first drive, third quarter. Because it's coming. That's when it was coming. All right. Let's get to this defense because you know, I I know that's a big part of even the the big part of this comeback and you know them getting back to where they were after the slow start. So uh you start with the defensive line, TJ Watt. I know he's back. Um I haven't really checked is Cam Hayward playing? Cam Hayward, yep. is he still out there? Yeah, he's yep. still balling. So uh, I didn't know if he was injured or not. You know, I didn't check that I didn't see him on the injury report yesterday, but um Cam Hayward. 
you know, I, I'm he, he basically got John Simpson cut. I'm sure that Josh McDaniels watched <laughs> that film because what he did to him last year, I think that's why he got cut. He, Josh McDaniels did not like that film when he was going over Josh, John Simpson this year. Um, so hopefully he doesn't baptize a new guard this week. So I'm a little bit interested in that. But can you talk about uh, the defensive line? Because it's one of my favorites to watch. Yeah, they it, – it was a weird season, man. They they got off to such a slow start rushing the passer. Um, they were like 30th in pass rush um, pressure percentage heading into the bye week. And then since then, it, it hasn't been great or as good as you would think because of all the names and the talent that they have up front. But Watt's clearly playing, like, not at 100%. Um, mm-hmm. But you mentioned Cam Hayward. He's the guy who has taken – you would think that it would be Highsmith, but he's the guy who's really taken off since Watt's been back. He's he's string, strung together back-to-back really good weeks. Last week against Carolina was the best game he's played all season. I think they he finished with six pressures – um he had some really high quality reps against brady christensen and bradley bozeman bozeman who i think is a pretty solid player for carolina center um but he hit him with the nasty like bull they rushed him over the center bull rush knocked the dude back like two to three yards and then kind of hit him with this arm over move and darnold got to the top of his drop and hayward was literally on top of him it was it was a dominant dominant rep and he had like he's been a good run defender all season but the pass rush just really wasn't there. It was kind of not there, which was weird um, because of how productive he's been. But then over the past, you know, five, six weeks, he's been awesome. Um, As far as the other edge rushers, um, Highsmith, really explosive player. Um, You guys will see uh, Colton Miller's left tackle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You guys will see Highsmith. His go-to is um, speed. Both of our edge rushers are speed guys. Highsmith is Explosive first step, speed. He will go ghost, dip, rip, off the edge. And then his favorite counter that he will only use about two times a game is this inside spin. I think he's up to 11 sacks. I believe like five of them are off this inside spin. So (laughs) I know Colton Miller's going to see it on film. I'm just telling you, like, Mm -hmm. he will literally spam ghost rushes, spam speed rushes. And then the second he gets that overset, especially if the guard's not looking inside mm-hmm. or outside, he will hit this spin move, and it is very, very quick. I mean, he's gotten progressively better. He did it a little bit in college as a rookie. Didn't really have a ton of success with it, but still was doing it. Year two, he had some success. He's He gave Jonah Williams the absolute business both times that they played them this year. Who I think Jonah Williams is a solid starting left tackle. He had like yeah. five sacks in those two games. Um but yeah, and then TJ, TJ's go-to move is the cross chop. Um, so a little bit like of what you guys saw with Yannick when he was yeah. uh, with the Raiders, um, cross chop, and he'll he'll ghost. Um, he doesn't. He's not a spinner really. Um, yeah, his inside counter is more um, of a swim move, kind of similar to Crosby. Um, they do kind of play a little bit alike, um, but he'll he'll use two hand swipe. He had a nasty ghost rush um, sack last week on uh, Taylor Melton. So. Um, but yeah, but the edge rusher, I mean, it really starts with getting pressure up front. If the Steelers do that, they're a completely different defense. We've seen that over the course of the season. When they get pressure up front, they're a pretty solid group. When they don't, that's where some of the weaknesses in the secondary kind of start popping up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you know, most people see me as a quarterback guy, but I'm also a big D line guy, man. I watch all the D lines because when I watch the quarterbacks, I watch the D line too. And I just, you know, Steelers, you know, Cam, that's why I talked about Cam Hayward, man. He's just. That bull, that, bull rush is, that bull rush is generational. It, it is. <laughs> you'll see him, man. You'll see him. There's a clip from two weeks ago. Um, I think it was two weeks ago. Or no, it was against Atlanta. 
And it's uh, the last one of the last plays of the game. Minka picked off a pass and uh, to end it. But he's sitting there on the defensive line and he's literally moving. He's like getting revved up with his back foot to go to this bull rush. And he just runs this poor left guard right back in Mariota's lap (laughs) with it. Like he was just psyching himself up like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Um, but yeah, he, he's an awesome player, man. Uh, Hayward's been a stud for them for a long time. One of their better draft picks, you know, of, you know, the 2010 era for sure. So um, he's a joy to watch. I, I'm just like you. Um, pass rush stuff. That's been, you know, probably the thing that I've took the most interest in. I've always been a receiver quarterback DB guy because it's a lot of what I played um, growing yeah, yeah, up. But the defensive line stuff fascinates me. So it's it's nice to have some fun players to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, now uh, you know, let's talk about the linebackers and the DBs together. Um, you know, you know, they got Minka back there. He made another Pro Bowl. Of course, Minka's a stud. I mean, he's always gonna be a stud. I know I know there's up and down, maybe some PFF grades. Somebody will tell you he's not a stud, but he's a stud all the time. So um he's you know, he's he's he we know who he is. Talk about some of the other guys around there. Um, and, you know, what they're doing right now in the secondary and even the linebacker position. Yeah, the linebackers have been really up and down, and they're not nearly as bad as they were last year. But, um, you know, they've actually got some physicality out of Devin Bush this year, which is nice. He's showing more of a willingness to take on blocks at the point of attack. Miles Jack's been okay. He's been banged up a little bit recently, um, Mm -hmm. but he's been all all right. I would say that he's been most their most consistent guy probably over the course of the year, even though, you know, there's not really been a ton of like high end flashes. Robert Spillane is their third guy. They kind of rotate those three guys in. He plays in the dime. He's probably somebody that the Raiders could look to exploit in pass coverage if they can get those matchups. But the Steelers do blitz him on pass passing downs, too. Um, in terms of the other guys, the Steelers play actually man coverage like the third highest rate in the NFL, which is different because, you know, a lot of people think Steelers zone blitz. Um, but that's really changed this year. Um, the weakness of this defense, in my opinion, of what we've seen when they've struggled this year has been the cornerback position. Um, they are starting Cam Sutton and Levi Wallace on the outside. When they're going into their nickel and dime sets, they're moving Sutton inside, which has been where he's played you know, a lot over the course of his career, and bringing in James Pierre, who's an undrafted guy. He played a little bit last year. Um, the Steelers' corners just really lack athleticism. Um, Sutton is like a baseline cornerback two. Wallace um, really struggles in straight line um, areas where, you know, they can honestly, Matt Collins kind of concerns me a little bit with that this week, because I've seen him at least when I've watched the Raiders run by some guys that are a lot faster than Wallace is. Um, But they, they've been playing those guys more in man coverage, which I'm not sure is the greatest use of their skill sets. But we're going to see, I mean, Devontae Adams, I'm literally writing up a film room today and finishing that um, about how much of a challenge this is going to be, but wide receiver ones, for, like against the Steelers have went off all season long. You look mm-hmm. at some just monstrous games, AJ Brown, three touchdowns, like 167 yards. Jamar chase had like a buck 40 on him or something like that in the opener. Um, T Higgins torched them for like 10 catches, 133 yards in their last matchup. Any wide receiver one has went just bananas against the Steelers secondary. So um, the, the one redeeming quality has been the safety play Minka, I think he's been the best safety in the league that I've seen this year. Um, just a phenomenal player, elite instincts, elite range. The way that they use him, because they're playing more three safety sets with DeMonte KZ, um, they're moving him around a little bit more. He's not as stationary, just playing, you know, back in the back half of the defense. 
And then Terrell Evans, he's I think he's one of the most underrated like players around the league. And just in terms of the things that he can do, he plays slot corner. He plays in the box. Um, he had three run stops last week against the Panthers. Um, just really reliable player. Doesn't do anything exceptional. He's a good athlete, though. Um, and they ask him to wear a lot of hats. And I always appreciate those guys that kind of just do the dirty work um, without getting a ton of recognition. I try to shout those guys out. So okay. I appreciate okay. what he does for the defense as well. So, I mean, back to the number one wide receiver. So you have, I mean, Devontae Adams has been seeing some crazy brackets. You know, some of the crazy coverages, you know, you know, I've been texting BD a lot this year because it's been getting exotic. It's It has, like, especially with the stuff the Patriots did. They're doing cover zero looks without blitzing. So it was mm-hmm. crazy, some of the stuff. So uh, have they not been doing those type of brackets on this type of wide receivers this the year? Only, the only time that I've really seen them have a conscious game plan for brackets was against Buffalo. Um, and you can actually look it up. It's easy to find. First drive of the game against the Buffalo Bills, um, they hit Gabe Davis on a, like, 90-something yard touchdown. Uh, because same thing of what Adams did in that Chiefs game, because that's a play that I'm using for my film breakdown. The way to beat brackets is just get them over the top. So all yeah. they did was put Gabe Davis. Um, the corner was playing, like, outside leverage, kind of in a bail technique. Again, Steelers corner is just not overly athletic, and Davis is a guy who can really run on a vertical plane. The safety was a backup safety. He's not a guy that's going to play this week. But they tried to bracket him and Diggs on the same play, and Josh Allen was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to launch this ball to the moon and hang this ball, drop it out of the sky, and it hit Davis in stride. Um, But they don't – the Steelers, honestly – they do not play very many complex coverages. It's very straightforward. If you get third and long, it's probably going to be cover three. They play some man-to-man stuff. They are a lot more um, two high safety shells. They play a lot of cover two. One thing that's interesting, they've played a lot of Tampa this year, although okay. not as much late. But three of Minka's four interceptions have came off Tampa two this year. So okay. that could be something that they deploy – I'm not. I honestly have no idea how they're planning on stopping Adams. They haven't been able to stop wide receiver ones all season long. So to me, that's what do you got? I don't know if they're going to empty the chamber and come out with some new stuff. I hope that's the case. But if I was, if I was them, I would be clouding his um, side regardless every snap. And as much mm-hmm. as it hurts now that you know the Raiders have Waller and Renfro back. You got to let those guys eat and just make sure that Adams doesn't just completely take over the game because, you know, he has a tendency to do that. So, yeah, because because I'll tell you this, Derek, I mean, Derek Carr is at the point right now where it is Adams or nothing. And I saw it a lot last game that Mm -hmm. they basically the Patriots basically forced him at the end of the game to other people. So if he if Adams has any one on ones, he's getting 17 targets. Yeah. So I just (laughs) hope you know that. And that's really what that's really what that's really what. you know, really makes me nervous too, just because those the Steelers just don't really have a good matchup for that. They don't prioritize that position in free agency or the draft. You know, they've always been a guy, a team that builds them their defense, you know, from the front back. And you know, to an extent, I do appreciate that type of philosophy. Um, as long as you're fully committed to it, it's just the Steelers haven't had that guy that they can develop where they can deploy. Even the Patriots, you know, they have guys that they feel comfortable in those situations. Even if you don't win, you know, you at least feel comfortable. Um, there's nothing there for the Steelers in terms of like when they face these elite receivers, that yeah. they just don't have an answer. So I'm interested to see what they do. If they want to play man coverage against the Raiders, it might be one of those games where they just play a lot of like two man and just trail Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could be a thing I've seen them do against some, some of the better receivers hasn't yeah. always worked out. 
Um, but Adams is a guy I've always appreciated just in film study, not just dating back to the, my college evaluation of him, but just as he's grown as a receiver, he's so good at taking what like cornerbacks give him. So oh, like, man. there's That's nothing cool. that he doesn't have a plan for. That was something I put in my film review. He has all the answers to the test. Um, you know, if you, if whatever you give him is what he'll take. So, exactly. um, and he's just an expert, like the, just some of the nuances in his game, the late hands, the tracking, just the route running PhD level stuff that I really appreciate. Um, so I'm not looking forward to what he's probably going to do to the Steelers on Sunday, but or Saturday, but um, I'm well aware of what's going to happen. I'll just tell you this too. The last the last team that really played cover three against him uh, was the Jags. And he went for, they only did it for a half though, because he went for yeah. 10 catches and 146 and a half. Yeah. Play cover three. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's weird, man. I, I've, I've told the, I've told people this on Twitter all, all, all year, man. I'm like, I don't think that they have the personnel to play the defense that they're trying to play with all this man coverage. And like, you know, people are getting upset with me whenever, you know, Joe Burrow's going for 400 without Jamar Chase and, uh, Joe Mixon for most of the game. I'm like, look, dude, it's sometimes it's just it's more than X's that X's and O's. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, and we don't have the guys that can cover these guys. So <laughs> exactly, um, it, it's exactly. gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. I I don't I don't know uh, what their game plan is, but I'm I'm anxious to find out. You know, one way or another. You just gotta hope that you know Derek Carr is just that terrible in the cold because I mean that that's what I think the little X factor is here too. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Carr has never really played good in the cold, but he finally has a wide receiver that has played good in the cold. Will that make a difference? Is that something that will happen? Because you know he can lean on Adams, especially yeah. if he, he does get some one on one. So yeah, if you guys haven't ever been to like Pittsburgh, man, the stadium's literally on the river. So whatever they're saying is you know the real feel. It is colder in that stadium. It is. cold. Up there by the river, I could even yeah. Imagine. I went to the I went to the 2016 um wild card round when they played the Dolphins and it was a negative wind chill that day. Oh, just frigid, man! And it's gonna be like that on Saturday, so uh, I'm it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. I'm interested to see how how Pickett you know throws the ball. Oh like, yeah, see? The temperatures yeah. too. So this is a good. <laughs> I think it's a good litmus test, really, for a lot of you know our prior notions. You know, with cars, some of the stats that have been thrown out in bad weather, and then yeah. you know Pickett with some of the arm strength concerns coming out of college. I think it's a good thing uh, for both of these teams to kind of figure out yeah. you know what's real, what's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be interesting man i mean i appreciate you coming on bro it was a great conversation uh you know definitely we're gonna bring you of course bring you back on for the draft stuff i wanted to get some draft stuff for like 40 minutes but uh <laughs> well we'll talk about some draft stuff later man getting some cornerbacks offensive line whatever we want to talk about uh definitely do that so definitely appreciate you coming on man like i said everybody listening hit subscribe sorry hit the subscribe button subscribe 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 we're out of here peace <laughs>